Come on, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today besides me? Let me hear from you. Now, come on, wasn't the presence of the Lord strong in worship this morning? It always is. But wasn't it special this morning? And just so thankful for our team. Thankful for Pastor Zach Neese. Pastor Zach is a friend in God's kingdom. And a few months ago, he and I began to just reconnect. And, and he, he asked, he said, how can I come alongside Rev City and serve? And we said, well, why don't you come in, do some training with our worship team, maybe lead with the team on Sunday mornings. And so I just really believe, it's exciting to me. I think it was the Holy Spirit's timing to bring him in on this Sunday to just begin to impart to our team as Cage Kiefer and as Adrian Barclay are stepping up and stepping into new assignments of leadership in our worship department, kind of filling the void that was left by Chet and Elizabeth. And, and so just so thankful. He's an awesome, mighty man of God. He's an amazing father and, and husband. He's an author and songwriter. He's just a huge blessing to the body of Christ and to the kingdom of God. And aren't you grateful for his ministry and his, his participation this morning? Yeah. Lots of special things going on this morning. In this moment, we would normally be giving our tithes and offerings. You might know that if you're part of Rev City, but we're pushing that a little later in our service today because today is our Heart for the Kingdom Sunday. And what that's about is twice a year, we're gonna take a moment in our services and we're going to give us the opportunity to bring a special offering towards the Heart for the Kingdom ministry. What Heart for the Kingdom is all about is last year, the Lord began to challenge us clearly in our eldership with what would be possible if we would begin to be willing to think a little bit differently, to dream a little bit bigger about what was possible if we would partner with God in the area of missions and outreach. And this church has a vibrant, rich history of generosity and activity in the area of missions and outreach. But we heard the Lord say, I'm calling you to become a little bit more intentional. Much of what we were doing had begun to really just kind of become, uh, happen behind the scenes as we would review the missions budget and approve it year to year. And the Lord just challenged us to begin to involve you guys, us as a church family in the heart, in the vision, in the purpose and in the power that is behind missions and outreach. We began to imagine what would be possible and the Lord began to speak to us about what would be required for us to see transformation in our city and in our culture. And how many know that's what we need? We need an awakening. We need a revival. We need a returning to God. We need the church of Jesus Christ to come alive and begin to live out our purpose in our community so that many will see and know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Someone ought to say amen. So that led us to say, let's rethink this thing. Let's retool this thing. Let's bring it to the church family. Let's call it heart for the kingdom because king, the kingdom was the primary motivation and message of Jesus. Only twice did he use the word church. 108 times he used the word kingdom. So we said, we want to be a church because the church is the hope of the world because we carry the message of Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm a big local church guy, but we want to be a church that builds God's kingdom. And that's about getting the message of Jesus outside of these four walls. That's about seeing you and me and, and look around your neighbors in this, in this room this morning, discover the call, the purpose, the heart, the strategic plan for your life and begin to step into it in a way that begins to shine the light of Jesus into this community, into your workplaces, into your schools, into your home, into every place where Jesus and his kingdom is not currently being manifest and revealed in a way that's bringing about the transformational power of the Holy Spirit in that place, that's where we want to go and tell people about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. What's possible? Can you imagine what's possible? This is more than a campaign. It's more than an offering. It's the culture of the kingdom that we want to establish and deepen in the atmosphere and the culture of Rev City Church. 
We want to be a church that builds God's kingdom. You'll hear more about that and see we've got an awesome video that's going to unpack some of the new things that the Lord is inviting us to, some of the strategic ways that we're proactively now, with intentionality, beginning to reach out into our community and say, we're Rev City Church and we believe that Jesus is the hope for the world. How can we come alongside you and serve you or be a blessing or make a difference in what you're doing in our community to bring hope and to bring life and to bring transformation to the city of Lawrence, to Topeka, to Kansas City, to this region and to the world. That's our heart. That's the heart for the kingdom. So we'll give towards that. We'll give our regular tithes and offerings a little bit later. But first, the Lord just compelled my heart to go ahead and continue to preach into our Free Indeed series because the heart of Jesus is for you to walk in victory and freedom. I'm grateful. I'm thankful that he came and made a way to get me to heaven. I mean, come on, that's important. That's significant. Eternity is a long time. Someone say amen. amen. I want to spend it with Jesus. But he came to die and rise again to do so much more than just give us a free ticket to heaven. He came to empower us to live a kingdom life on this side of eternity. You remember the Lord's Prayer, which really ought to be called the disciples' prayer. Because in it, Jesus said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Jesus was without sin. Someone say amen. So it's really the disciples' prayer, but we call it the Lord's Prayer. And remember what he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. He came to make a way for you to live in freedom and victory and authority and power and purpose on this side of eternity. Let's pray over the word today and dig into what God has to speak to us and wants to do in us and through us and for us. He loves you so much. He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. Lord, well, let me just pray. Lord, thank you for your heart for us today as your people. What a privilege it is to be gathered with your people in your presence, to dig into your word, Lord, your promises, Lord, so that we might walk in a new or fresh way in your purposes for our life. I bless this congregation. I pray that they would have open hearts, Lord, that they would have an open spirit, a yielded spirit to hear and receive what their heavenly Father wants to speak over them, what he wants to remind them of or reveal to them today, God. And anyone who's in this place or joining us online who's weak or weary or wounded or struggling or hurting in any area, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that your heart today through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of your promises and your word is to come and to heal and to restore and to bring strength and to bring life and to bring hope in a fresh or a new way in the life of every man, every woman, every marriage, every family in Jesus' name. And come on, if you'll receive that for yourself today, someone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, if you have your Bible, turn to John 8 or Romans chapter 8, two passages we've been digging into in depth these last few weeks that we're going to continue in today before we shift into our heart for the kingdom moment. And you'll see how this all ties together to the heart for the kingdom. And Jesus is speaking to the Jews who had believed in him, John chapter 8, verse 31. And it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him and they said, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied and said, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Someone say forever. forever. Come on, say it again, forever. forever. It's a long time. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
In verse 35, he says, a slave has no permanent place, but a son belongs. A son has a share. A son is a part forever. And listen, I want to encourage you today to walk in spiritual freedom. You're going to have to understand, embrace, and cling to your identity in Christ as a part and a member of the family of God, the kingdom family of God. If you've missed a service the last few weeks, listen, this, this series, God's doing something in us. God's leading us somewhere to a new place of freedom, to be set free of some of the old mindsets and patterns and bondages that have maybe held us back or hindered us from moving forward into the purposes of God for our lives. If you missed it, go back and catch it because we've unpacked this passage and, and, and revealed how God has to cause us to get real and understand every one of us has a need for new levels of freedom in our life. We've also understood and unpacked that to deal, to really walk into rather the, the future and the freedom that Jesus made possible for you and me by faith, we have to be willing to present the pain of our past in the presence of an almighty God. But today I wanna show you verse 35. A slave has no part but a son, but a son, but a son has a share, has a part forever. You to walk in freedom towards the future and faith that God has for you, your marriage, your family, your God-given purpose in your life. You have to understand. I know I'm being repetitive. It's with due purpose. You have to understand. You have to comprehend. You have to embrace and you have to cling to your identity in Christ as a part of the family of God. You need to know that Jesus came to die and, and give his life and rise again to do so much more than make you a casual church attender or even a serious church member. He came to rescue you. He came to do so much more than just to correct or amend or modify bad behavior. He came to rescue and restore and redeem his sons and his daughters. To walk in faith towards the future that you have in God, you're gonna have to understand this. You're gonna have to get this. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how even the Apostle Paul understood how important it was to relinquish the past in the presence of God if he was gonna move forward. He said, I haven't comprehended a lot about the kingdom of God, but there's one thing I have, and it's forgetting the past and forging ahead towards the future that God's called me to. And listen, there's another powerful truth that ties to this week's message about identity, and that's this. Even Jesus needed to hear and know who he was so that he could fully accomplish what he was called to do. What, what, really, Pastor T? Really? Do you remember the scene where he had been baptized by John the Baptist who said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And Jesus said, permit it for now. And John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And the word says in Matthew chapter three and verse 16 that when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's a lot of things that the father could have spoken and released and reminded Jesus of in that moment as he was preparing to step into and fulfill the ministry for which God had created him and sent him into the world to rescue you and I, he could have said, this is my beloved minister. He could have said, this is my beloved associate. He could have said, this is my beloved apostle or my beloved partner. He said, son, this is my beloved son. Even Jesus needed to be reminded of his position with God the Father. 
And I'm telling you, many of us, you're just a revelation away from some new freedom and breakthrough. You're just a revelation. You're just something moving from your, your head to your heart today. This idea, this concept, this principle, this heart of the Father that he came to do so much more than get you to church. He came to restore you back to the rightful position of son and daughter of a good heavenly Father who has a good future filled with faith and hope and purpose for you. Yes, you. Yes, you. Look at your neighbor and say, it includes you. That includes you. That's his heart for you. That's his heart for you. Uh, recently, just yesterday, in fact, we've got four kids, so they keep us busy. We run around all the time. My three-year-old, Evan, he's our littlest guy. And I was running out to run an errand. I think I was actually going to pick up one of the older siblings who was at a friend's house, and he ran down the stairs, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And before he'll let me leave the house any day, any time to do anything, he always wants a hug and a kiss. And how many know I am holding on to that for dear life because that changes a few years, after, a few years later, you know, when they become teenagers, and so I, every time he, he comes running down those stairs, even the times where I'm running a few minutes behind and I've got to get out the door, I always make time to turn around and give him a hug and a kiss. But this time he said, Daddy, Daddy, hug and kiss. I gave him a hug and kiss and then he said, can I go with you? And I was busy. We'd had an event at the church earlier in the day. We had another event later on in the evening and I had a lot of things I needed to get done. I was hopeful to get my hair cut, but that didn't happen. And I had all these other things I needed to do to get ready. And I thought, you know, it takes a few extra minutes to load them up in the car seat and to buckle them in. And, and it just takes time time to take a three-year-old with you anywhere you go. How many of you say amen? But I felt the Lord just challenge me and say, he wants to be with you. Take him with you. And I said, sure, Evan, you can go with me. And he jumped into my arms and he said, daddy, I'm your best friend. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me about this. He said, can I be with you? And this is a little bit semantical, but there's something profound within it if you'll grab a hold of it. Oftentimes we say that we want to do things for God. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to come and tell you today, he wants to do things with you. He wants you to do life with God. And I get it, even in Heart for the Kingdom, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna promote, we're gonna encourage you guys to dream about what you can do for God. But if we're doing things for God, we miss the fullness of the heart of God and the invitation to relationship and fellowship sonship, daughterhood. It's semantical, but I believe that it can cause a profound shift that shifts us from striving and doing to be made right with God or to become more acceptable in the sight of God to a position of understanding. I serve God, I live for God, I preach the gospel, I give to heart for the kingdom, I worship and lift my hands. I do all those things from a position of sonship and daughterhood. I don't do it to become more acceptable to God. I do it because he's already seen my dark moments. He's already seen the dark places. He's already seen the sin and the failures and he loved me too much to leave me in that place. He sent his son to restore me back to a position of sonship or daughterhood with a good heavenly father. That's why I do what I do. That's that's why I sing the songs. That's why I go to church and serve. He wants to do life with you, with you, with you. His heart is fellowship. His heart is relationship. You might say, well, Pastor T, that sounds good for you. But if you only knew, if you only knew where I've been, what I've done, what I've thought, what I've said, I'm telling you, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And look at what Colossians 1 has to say about it. In verse 12, he has enabled you you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us 
from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Come on, is somebody besides me grateful that Jesus came and rescued you out of the life you were once living and transferred you to sonship, the daughterhood, the family of God? And it says he's enabled you to share in the inheritance and inheritances are extended through family. He made you part of a family. And not just any family, but a kingdom family. Not just any family, but a royal family. A royal family that's established by blood. Jesus is, 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 is enthroned as king over a royal family. And aren't you grateful that it's not political? Aren't you grateful it doesn't hang in the balance with the right or the left or the Republicans or the Democrats? On your worst day because of what Jesus did for you, you can't be voted out. You can't be recalled. You can't be impeached. You can't be removed. It's not a popularity contest and it's not because of what anything you could ever do or deserve. You're part of a royal family because Jesus came and shed his blood and gave his life so that you could be rescued and restored back as a son or a daughter of a good heavenly father. Someone ought to say, thank you, Jesus, and amen. Yeah. Romans 8. It's amazing how much there is to unpack in John 8 and Romans 8. And Romans 8 underlines this message as part of the Free Indeed series as well when it says in verse 14 that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the spirit that you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba. It's like the word daddy. It's the intimate, the most intimate of words to express fatherhood. And it says, the spirit himself, verse 16, testifies with our spirit that we are God's what? Children. And now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Jesus didn't come to amend bad behavior. Jesus didn't come to even make bad people good. Jesus came to make lost people found. He came to make dead people come to life. He came to make lonely people be rescued and placed in a family as sons and daughters of a kingdom family. Romans 8, reading on verse 18. It says, consider that, our, this is good news for someone today. Consider that our present sufferings are not even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for what? For the children of God, catch this, to be revealed. 21, verse 21, that creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom, somebody say freedom, and glory of what? the children of God. It says that creation is waiting, it's longing, it's groaning, it's hoping, it's looking. For what? For the children of God with eager expectation. The world around us, the culture around us is looking for the people of God to begin to step into who God made possible for us to really be and become through Jesus Christ, the children of God. The culture of Lawrence will not be changed by church members or church services. 
That might happen in those places. The, the, the city of Lawrence and this region and this culture will be changed. The Bible says right here, that culture is eagerly waiting for the people of God to step into what it feels like, what it looks like, what it sounds like, to understand in confidence that we are children of a good heavenly father. And everything that comes with that, all the benefits of a royal kingdom. Creation is not waiting for a better program. Creation is not waiting for a different party or a different politician to retake power. Creation is waiting and longing for the people of God to walk in our rightful position and identity as sons and daughters of a good heavenly father. They begin to see us walking in that. Maybe that, maybe then they'll begin to say, what does that person have? Their life isn't perfect. They're going through some struggles, but they continue to shine. There's, there's this, this light that radiates from them. There's this hope that emanates from them. There's this confidence that they exude. There's this humility that they walk in, yet they are succeeding and prosperous. There's all these things. What is it that they are walking in? I want some of that. Creation is eagerly waiting, groaning, longing for the people of God to be revealed as the children of God. Our world around us doesn't need something else to do. They need to know who Jesus gave his life for them to become. We miss the mark when we focus on do, 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 do instead of who, 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 who. We focus on what you can't do anymore once you've given your life to Jesus. We focus on what you now have to start doing. Listen, there's some things we are called to be doers of God's word. But maybe, just maybe, we would apprehend the grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to experience more freedom and victory and prosperity and all the things that God has called us to do if we would first focus on the who. I mean, you need to know, we, I, I, I don't stand here and worship my heart out like this because I'm a pastor or a preacher. I do it because I'm a sinner who's been rescued from a kingdom of darkness and delivered to a kingdom of light. And I understand now I'm a child of God. My family and I, we're not giving to the heart for the kingdom offering today because we feel obligated to do it. We're doing it because we are, king, we are a kingdom building, kingdom advancing, devil destroying family who is bent on preaching the gospel and reaching people with the message of hope, freedom, and forgiveness that can only be found in Jesus Christ. There's something that begins to happen in your life when you begin to embrace who before do. It's why we established Heart for the Kingdom that's why we rebranded it and retooled it and rethought it and reimagined it because the Lord began to show us what was possible and challenge us with what would be required because we don't wanna just be a church that gathers for ourselves behind four walls. The church was never intended to do that. We gather here, we worship, we celebrate, come on. This is the highlight of my week right here, being with you guys in the house of God, with the people of God, experiencing the presence of God. But for our community and our culture to be impacted and transformed in the way that God desires for it to be, we're gonna have to get the message of the kingdom into the hearts of the people who are going back into those places, back into the, to the university, back into the campuses, back into the workplaces, back into the judicial system, back into the local communities, the public schools, back into those places, the message of the kingdom imprinted and written on your heart because you've moved beyond just being a church attender or a church member and you understand you're a son or a daughter of a royal kingdom family and that's the message that's going to bring hope and life and freedom and transformation to the people around you who desperately need Jesus. That's the heart for the kingdom. That's who you are. who you are. 
It's what God calls you. It says the Spirit of God is testifying. The Spirit of God is testifying. The Spirit of God is testifying with our own spirits. What? That we are children. That's who you are. That's who you are to him. I was in worship this morning in the first service, and the Lord just spoke to my heart just like this. As we were, I was just worshiping, just going hard after God, and just loving him and expressing my gratitude to him for who he is. And he just spoke in my spirit. I wasn't asking him to speak, but he just said, the terms have changed. And quickly, quickly, I saw what many of us have seen many times when we hold our personal devices, our iPhones or Androids or whatever you have, and you know you'll open the app and before you can proceed to do what you intended to do in the app, the screen pops up and it says, the terms have changed. And how many of you take the time? Come on, where are my real anal folks at that take the time to read every, all four pages of the, all those little fine print, you know, you get into all that. Who are the people who just see it and just say, I agree right there, I agree. I'm, I, come on, let me order my pizza, Papa John's. I agree, I agree with the new terms. I don't care what it means. And the Lord said the terms have changed. The Lord said some things that the enemy of your soul has tried to label you with because of one dark moment, because of one unfortunate moment because of one mistake, because of one marriage that ended in divorce, because of one unfortunate abortion that happened when you were a teenager, because of one thing that you did. The enemy has tried to label you with that term for the rest of your life, and I'm telling you today, the terms have changed. Will you agree with what God wants to speak over your life today? I took a moment and I just typed out. I know it's not comprehensive because I typed it off just out of the, I typed it out just off, off, of my, off the top of my head. Just some things that over the years as I've studied God's word have gotten in my heart about who I am and who you are in Jesus. The terms have changed and here's what God's word has to say about you. And again, it's a partial list. You're a child of God. You're created in his image. You're the first and not the last and you're the head, not the tail. Come on, someone needs to hear this. You need to receive this. This is God speaking about you. You are chosen and you are loved. In fact, you're his dearly beloved. You're the apple of his eye. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus who gives you the victory. In fact, you are more than a conqueror. You're blessed when you're coming and you're blessed when you're going. You're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the field. He no longer calls you a servant but a friend. And as you obey God, everything that you put your hands to shall prosper. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, representing the king of all kings. You're a co-heir with Christ, part of the family of God. You will rule and reign with him because you are sealed by his spirit, called by his name. You are a new creation. You're God's treasure and God's masterpiece. You're part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You've been raised to life with Christ and seated in heavenly places. You are the light of the world, and in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing. You have the mind of Christ, and you can do all things through him who strengthens you. Nothing, yes, nothing, not fear, not darkness, no person, no demon, no sickness, no virus, not even death itself can or ever will be able to separate you from the love of God that you have found in Christ Jesus. And that's just a partial list of who you are. Someone ought to say thank you, Jesus. That's the message of the kingdom. And that's what we need to be about as a church. Getting outside these four walls, telling as many people as we can about what Jesus came and made possible for them to be and become. He wants to live life with them. Take a look at just some of the things that as we've stepped into this by faith, the Lord's already begun.
to prompt us to and lead us to and invite us to you and me through Heart for the Kingdom. Check it out. has a rich, vibrant history of generosity and activity in the area of missions and outreach. But in 2020, we began to sense in our eldership the Lord challenging us to think bigger, to dream bigger about what would be possible if we became even more intentional, more strategic in the area of missions and local outreach. The kingdom of God was Jesus' primary message. And at Rev City Church, we want to be a church that builds the kingdom. Heart for the Kingdom is all about activating our faith as a church to take the message of the kingdom outside the walls of the church, reaching people and changing lives here in our community and all around the world. In addition to ongoing support, Heart for the Kingdom is leading us to search out ways that our church family can be a strategic blessing in our community through investment in strategic projects and community partnerships. Through your faithfulness and generosity to Heart for the Kingdom, Rev City was blessed to recently furnish and equip a new examination room for the Insight Women's Center, helping them to reach and serve even more precious people in our community. And now we are so excited to be part of another amazing opportunity to further the kingdom in our community. Through Heart for the Kingdom, Rev City is preparing to provide all of the networking, audiovisual, and technical equipment required for us to stream our services and student ministries into the Kansas Juvenile Correctional Complex, bringing the much-needed message of forgiveness and hope to the precious young people in that facility. Good morning, Rev City Church. My name's Chaplain Bob Hanson. I'm the chaplain of the Kansas Juvenile Correctional Complex in North Topeka. We're the only juvenile prison for the state of Kansas. We have about 117 couple are females, the rest are males from all over the state of Kansas. I am so excited about this partnership between KJCC and Red City Church. When asked what the needs were for these youth, I can list off all of the tangible things like books, hygiene items, games, but really what's needed is connection and more importantly, hope. They need help to develop spiritual life skills that lead to awareness of the Holy Spirit's 24-7 presence and power in their daily life for real life change as Christ followers. These youth, they felt discarded, they felt left behind. This partnership and this, this project specifically, it opens up their world. It opens up their mind to possibilities that maybe they didn't think about before. They need somebody who will listen to them and hear their heart and help them learn to pray and hear God's heart for them. Thanks for your interest in us and your commitment to the Lord and what God's gonna do through you to touch the lives here at KJCC. In a nutshell, what this partnership does, it simply just changes lives. As we seek to make increased impact in our community and internationally, 
We are excited to introduce to you a few of the new ministries and individuals being supported through Heart for the Kingdom. spiritual leaders for Christ raised up from the college campuses of the world. And we are. Because of your investment, I've seen students come to know who Jesus is, be established in their faith, taught how to follow him, and then be a disciple maker as they are now investing in students that they have led to Christ. Thanks for making it possible. so good to be with you today. My husband Cliff and I founded ATK International 15 years ago on the mission field to Uganda. Over that time, God has done so many miraculous things. Between the five churches that we planted there and the Bible studies and the Crusades, we reach upwards of 2,500 people a week. We've baptized up to 97 in one day we have been able to build Christian schools in the middle of Muslim areas. About 75% of our students are Muslim. As they're learning more and more about Christ, they're coming to know Him and being baptized. And my prayer is, is that they'll go back to their homes and their parents will become Christians as well. So the kids are leading the adults most recently. I just wanna thank you from the bottom of my heart for your part with ATK for praying for us and God is moving in Uganda and all around the world so thank you again. thing to see is when a child gets sick and you know you hear about cancer and diseases yeah. like that all the time you're not dealing with that yeah. you're dealing with something and I believe there's been like four cases yeah. overall so it's not like there's a foundation set up for what Landry has and yet you're fighting for a cure for that you're, you're fighting on that hope I think with Landry I think that's another thing she's kind of taught us everything is day-to-day -day. cherish the day we have because it's an unknown disease it's something we don't know about Landry may live the next 80 seconds, she may live the next 80 years. It's just one of, hey Landry, I'm gonna love you today. With everything I got the best way, I know how the best way you'll let me know how, and you're actually gonna teach me a little bit more about what real love really is throughout this day. You know, the five year plan, the 10 year plan, the 20 year plan, and it really got, hey, what are we gonna do the next 10 minutes to make this thing special? I think the hardest thing about this was not having a roadmap. When we got the diagnosis, he said, basically everything that you've written down in your time is what we have. How can we help Landry, but how can we help others? Because the greatest thing that if someone's diagnosed would be, here's kind of what you can expect. Here's what you're gonna need next. Here's some of the resources. And so we started Ruler of Hope, a nonprofit corporation, just helping families like ourselves, but then also allocating research to research that gene. You know, you guys are a team winning this as a family and you're representing a little girl who's obviously braver than all of us. I mean, yeah. what does that mean to you? I think that recognizing 
adversity and what you do when adversity strikes. Because adversity happens on the field, it happens off the field. And how do you respond to that? And what do you lean on? You know, and our, our thing that we've really clung to is choosing joy in adversity. Right, now that really comes from Landry. Oh, you know when I get up and I go to room every morning? She greets me with a smile. And it's unbelievable. And I think that's what Landry's done. Landry's done that for, for Kristen and I. She's made us better people. And to see that happen in our other two kids, it's been phenomenal. Just her story getting out there, it's, it's a story we're telling uh, because of that little girl and uh, what she goes through on a daily basis. But it's just, it'll make all that. and generosity to serve, to give, and to go. You're helping Rev City be a church that builds the kingdom, reaching and changing lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't an obligation. It's an invitation. We don't have to do this. We get to do this. Partner with God to tell people about Jesus. Come on, if, if not by the grace of God, I could be one of those young people in that Kansas juvenile correctional complex, in and out of jail as a teenager as I got kind of wrapped into a culture of drugs and alcohol. 
The Lord graced me from being that person, but I'm telling you, we're going to go into that place. Some of you are going to be part of the teams that we rally and raise up to go alongside all that equipment that we're putting in there to live stream and broadcast our services and our youth events, to go and to come alongside those young people, hear their stories, learn their names, and, 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 and develop some consistent relationship with them to help them become disciples and Christ followers and discover the life of hope and future that God has for them as they discover the forgiveness of Jesus. Well, let's, that project is our strategic project in this season. All of those ministries that you saw streaming across your screen, every gift that you give today to Heart for the Kingdom goes to support all those ministries. We'll also give our regular tithes and offerings as we worship in this last song. There's many ways you can give. You can text Rev City to 94000. You can go to RevCity.com or you can give this morning. This is different than how we normally do it. But we put these baskets here so that in this moment, if you feel led to, you can come forward and give either your regular tithes or your heart for the kingdom offering in these baskets as we worship the Lord. Because we say it all the time, we really believe it. our giving is an act of worship to God. There's an envelope in the seat back in front of you. There's a booklet in the seat back in front of you that tells you more about heart for the kingdom. That's yours to take and learn a little bit more about what you're sowing into today. Let's pray and then let's give. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that your kingdom is on the move. It's advancing. It's reaching lives and changing lives with the hope, the freedom, the goodness of God, with the message of relationship that transcends religion, relationship restored with the good heavenly Father. I bless these people. I bless this offering. We give it for you, Lord, and for your purposes. We thank you that this church would be a church that builds God's kingdom and brings transformation, Lord, to this city and this region. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Stand to your feet. Let's worship as we give. Then we'll come and dismiss you here in a moment.
whatever you're up against today, he's your way maker. He's your way maker. Listen, the last thing we'll do before we dismiss you today is the most important thing we ever do, and that's give you an opportunity to take advantage of the way that was made by Jesus back to a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Those of you who are here today, maybe joining us online, and today you realize you looked up and you're far from God. You've drifted. Maybe you once knew God, loved God, served God, maybe even grew up in the church, but today you realize you're far from Him. What the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter. Or maybe you've never put your faith and your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, confessed him as Lord and Savior, and received what it feels like to have all the weight of your past, your sin, your guilt, your shame, lifted off of you in a way you could never earn, never deserve. That's the message of the gospel. That's what Jesus came and did for you. Listen, if that's you, if that's you, right now, do not delay. Lift your hand high towards heaven. Say, that's me. I'm far from God, and I need to come home. That's me. I need Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. If you're online and you're responding to Jesus, even if no one's with you, I think it's powerfully important for you to maybe stand and lift your hand. You're not responding to a preacher. You're responding to a father. Loved you too much to leave you where you were. He sent Jesus to rescue you, rescue you out of your old life, and bring you into sonship and a royal family. Here's what we're going to do, church. With those, if you raise your hand, you can lower it. We pray this prayer every week with those who raise their hand. We do it for two reasons, to quickly come alongside those people who are responding and giving their lives to Jesus. Show them there's a church family, there's a people, there are brothers and sisters who want to come alongside them and encourage them and strengthen them and equip them and lead them out of the life they've been living towards the life and the hope and the future they have in Jesus. And secondly, we pray it every, prayer, every week as a church because even as we're growing and maturing in our faith, it reminds us that we never graduate from grace. The life we're building in faith in Jesus is dependent and built on the grace of God. So come on, let's pray this together. Come on, maybe with fresh passion and zeal in your heart, repeat after me, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you that life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, because of the risen life of Jesus, come on, say it, I'll never be the same. I will never be the same. And now put your hands together for all the precious people who gave their life to Jesus and for what he did in our hearts today, what he's speaking and doing and leading us to as sons and daughters.